Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your hosts, Jeff and Lonnie Jenkins. Lonnie on this side. And Jeff on this end. Glad to have you back with us. If you recall, uh, we were talking about prophets, 21st century prophets, prophets in our day. And we want to discuss uh, prophets and uh, true prophets and false prophets. We want to look at both and could God send a genuine prophet maybe to a nation, uh, to a Gentile people? Well, of course, we have examples of that in the Bible where God sent genuine major prophets that would said to that nation, either repent or you're going to be destroyed. Jonah was a classic example of a prophet to a nation, and he didn't go to a Jewish nation, did he, Brother Lonnie? He went to a Gentile nation. Absolutely, Gentile nation. Yeah. Another thing, too, I want us to notice is that God's method, all right? We want to talk about God's method for just a moment concerning his fivefold ministry. Now, we left you with prophets last time, last week. Now we're going to carry on with that same thought. God's method. Okay, we found that they spurned Moses, didn't they? The Hebrew children got mad at him. Would to God that we'd all were, uh, been back in Egypt because we're going to perish in the wilderness. Where's our food? Where's our water? They doubted the prophet. But, you know, interestingly enough, they didn't doubt the pillar of fire. They didn't doubt the cloud by night. They didn't doubt the mighty angel of the Lord that went before Moses in the camp. What they doubted, who they doubted, was the man, which is God's method. God's method is to use a man. And we find all through Scripture that they normally stoned the man, <laughs> sawed him asunder, yeah. rejected the prophets yeah. for that very reason. He was just a man. Yeah. But it so happens to be God's chosen method. He chose to use man. We'll get into the body of Christ in a little while, but I just wanted to drop that in. Yeah. They, they killed the prophets, Jesus said. He said, you guys said, hey, if we were back there in that day with our fathers, we'd have never killed the prophets or slain them or stoned them. But Jesus said, your fathers stoned and killed the prophets, and you garnished their tombs. And in other words, they missed Jesus, didn't they? He was the God prophet. And they missed him because of their traditions and because they were more... They were more concerned with what people thought, their synagogue thought, their church thought, their church leaders thought, than what God's Word said. God is always wanting a people to be bound to, in love with. It's a love affair. In love with the Word of God, not uh, stopping at a church or a system. Does God use man? Yes, that's God's method. Does God use a church today? Yes, that's God's method. Now, we're talking about prophets. True prophets, false prophets. Let's go on a little bit longer into this incredible subject matter. We left you with the idea that a genuine prophet cannot lead you to other gods. He can't lead you astray. A false prophet can lead you astray, but if he attempts to lead you astray, you're to give him the word test. And you're, you're to find out if what he is saying in leading you to other gods matches the character of the word, matches the word of God. If he's going to lead you to the God of the Hittites or the Havites or the Jebusites or, or perhaps some denomination or some uh, movement of man, you have to check that out with the word. God has preserved his Bible, watched over his Bible. The Bible is inerrant. It has no error in it. So he's given us a compass, and that's the word of God. Let me interject. Yes. Okay. The, this word of God principle Jesus said, by the traditions of man, you make the word of God of none effect. And so, consequently, 
a pro God sends a prophet mm -hmm. to bring the nation or the people back to God. True. And John 1 says that God is his word. Mm. That, how important to remember that. Yes. How God is his word. So, so with God being his word and a prophet coming to take us back to the word, if we measure what the prophet says mm -hmm. by tradition, mm -hmm. we'll instantly label him a false prophet. My. But if we can just take what he said and say, could that be true and go back to scripture, My. now suddenly something can open up and the purpose of the prophet is being accomplished because God sends him to bring us back to God who is the word. That's good. And so, so what we hear in the name of a prophet, we can't measure by tradition or no. what we thought we knew. Can't do that. We have to measure it in the light of what does the Bible say? Because just maybe your understanding was wrong and God sent a prophet to correct your understanding. So the prophet will take you back to the word, but not necessarily what you thought the word was, but he'll take you back to scripture. And we find that Jesus himself uh, was the word of God fulfilled and they crucified him. So you say, well, Brother Jeff, I wouldn't do that. Well, let me just say it this way. Everybody rejected Jesus. And if you were back there and you say, well, I'm, I, I would have said he's the Messiah. I would have not rejected him. The Bible says they all forsook him. Even the disciples fled for their life. I'm afraid we would have done the same thing. It's just a part of human nature to side with the masses. And narrow is the way. Uh, and few there be that go in thereat. How are they going to go in? They're going to go in based upon the word of God. And this is, this is where we want to start narrowing this thought down now so that you can, again, fall in love with your Bible. What, if, if we were to ask ourselves the question, why do we do global answers? It's because we want you to fall in love with your Bible. We want you to fall in love with the Jesus of the word. Remember, he was the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And then finally, the word was made flesh. That was Jesus. We want you to fall in love with that word. Now, let's go on into this incredible thought about a prophet. Now, we find out that prophets can make mistakes as humans in, in, in their foibles. A genuine prophet can make mistakes. And we talked about perhaps a preacher or a teacher or an evangelist or a pastor falling in adultery and the church disciplines that should take place and how that church should then bring that man, that man back to a place of restitution. Okay, excuse yes. me. Yeah. I want to be sure with the thought you just conveyed, uh, listening uh, viewers could, could, could miss something right. here in that, in that we are, when we're saying a prophet can make a mistake. We said it last time, but right. we, not everybody may have, may have seen it. The, the prophet can make a mistake in his flesh. Right. He can make a mistake. He can get angry. He can do things he shouldn't have done. Uh, a bunch of children were killed by a prophet yeah. when he called out a she-bear. Right. Uh, Moses smote the rock twice in his anger. Those are the mistakes we're talking about. Right. But he can't make a mistake in the word. There you he go. He can't make a mistake no. in the word. Otherwise, he's not a prophet. He can't lead the people to another God, yeah. another philosophy outside of the Bible. Our absolute is not a church or even a human being, our absolutes, the Bible, the Word of God. So that prophet must shine light on the scriptures. Now we find out that David, the Bible calls David in the book of Acts, a king. He actually even uh, fulfilled the role of a priest. He put on the holy ephod when the, when, the, uh, 
when the, the Ark of the Covenant came back into Jerusalem. Right. He was a king and a priest. He was a perfect type of Jesus Christ. And David also in the book of Acts is referred to as a prophet. We know that David, King David, prophesied about Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection, the nature of his burial, that he would be buried in the tomb of the rich and so on. His bones would stare at him. They would pierce his hands and his feet and so on. So David's songs or the Psalms prophesied about the life of Jesus hundreds of years before Jesus ever came to earth. So David was a prophet. But we also know that David fell in sin with Bathsheba, had Uriah killed. But did David ever lead the people to other gods? No. And what did David do when Nathan the prophet came to him and said, you have sinned, you're the man? David repented. Mm -hmm. David got on his face. David knew he had sinned. That's another characteristic of a true prophet. They can repent from personal failure. They don't need to repent from false doctrine. They'll never lead you astray. They can't because their mouth is the mouth of God. A prophet is a mouthpiece of God. Now, that means when he is under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he can only speak God's word. And now we've seen that demonstrated in our day, in our day. And we, I, I have witnessed, uh, millions of people have witnessed a prophet by the name of William Marion Branham stand under the anointing of the Holy Spirit under the light of the pillar of fire, Jesus Christ himself, an angel of the Lord, Jesus. And Brother Branham would be completely out of his own human senses. And he would tell the person where they lived, where they came from, their name, the doctor that examined them, the nature of their disease, down to the very address of their home. And he would do this over and over and over. And out of the thousands of times before hundreds of thousands and millions of people, he never missed. Never one time missed. Now, that's a true prophet. Furthermore, his gift never missed, but he never led the people astray in false doctrine. Mm -hmm. So at the end of this program and last week's program, both, we're going to show you a clip of a prophet and his ministry in action so you can get an understanding of how a prophetic gift operates, but also how a major prophet, how God will use him. Now, another thing that's interesting is, is that there were three prophets in the Bible that had an angel accompany their ministry. Do you know whose those were? Those of you that are Bible students, do you know who had an angel accompany their ministry? You're right. Moses had an angel accompany his ministry. The angel of the Lord was none other than, was none other than God or Jehovah God. The angel of the Lord went before Israel in the form of a pillar of fire and in the form of a cloud. God was manifesting himself in a cloud to vindicate the man Moses, mm -hmm. to say, I'm with that man, and to tell the people, I'm with you also. Mm -hmm. But the man was vindicated. The people could get mad at Moses. They could accuse him. They could say, we want to go back to Egypt. Give us water. Give us quail. Give us, give us manna. But they could not argue with the pillar of fire. And we find also that the apostle Paul met a pillar of fire on the road to Emmaus or Damascus. And while he's on that road to Damascus, he looks up at that pillar of fire. He's smitten off of his horse. He falls to the ground and he looks up and he says, Lord, who are you? And the pillar of fire spoke back and said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. So Jehovah God of the Old Testament, the pillar of fire that followed Moses was Jesus of the New Testament. And then Paul then had a ministry whereby the pillar of fire began and initiated his ministry. He went to the street called Straight, met a man named Ananias. Ananias called him Brother Paul, prayed for him. The scales came off Paul's eyes. He received the Holy Ghost. And thereon, from that point on, 
He was no longer under the auspices of a church or church tradition or church idea. He then went back to his former church and preached Jesus. Now, a true prophet with a pillar of fire ministry. Moses, a true prophet with a pillar of fire ministry. Paul, we had a true prophet in our day with a pillar of fire ministry, William Marion Branham. And so I want you to be able to see for your own eyes a gift and operation. You'll enjoy it. I know you will. Let's go on now and talk about prophets in our generation. Does God send prophets to the Gentiles? We already talked about Jonah. Does God send prophets in the 21st century? You know, Brother Lonnie, there's a lot of people that use the scripture. Uh, well, the law and the prophets were until John, mm -hmm. and now we, we follow Jesus. E elaborate on that. I, I, I think mis most people misunderstand that uh, scripture. The, yeah, I run into that often. Anytime I mention that, that God uh, sent a prophet, I, I hear the people say, oh no, the last prophet was John, the Bible says so, because the Bible says the law and the prophets were until John. But if, we, if you were to just go through your scripture on law and prophets, what you'll find is, is that the Old Testament in Hebrew tradition mm -hmm. was divided into three sections, the laws, the law, the prophet, and the Psalms. And so those three sections and the, the different books of the Bible were the law, the prophet, and the Psalms. So the law and the prophets were until, un, were until John because that was under the Old Covenant, Old Testament, and then with, with John began a New Testament, a New Covenant, they're taking them out from under the law and bringing them under a covenant of grace uh, with the ministry of Jesus Christ and all that, all that happened there. Right. So the law and the prophets, those books of the Bible were until John because they prophesied into, up to John. And then starting John starts the New Testament, New Covenant that God had promised he would bring to his people, whereby that he would be in their hearts, living the word out from them instead of standing on high saying, you must do this. And so it's a to totally new covenant. The Christian life, for those of you that aren't really familiar with the Christian life, the Christian life is not laws and government. The Christian life is Christ comes into you and lives his life out through you. Amen. That's the true Christian yeah. life. It, within the framework of Christianity, we have many churchgoers who have no idea what it is to be led by the Spirit of Christ. But the Spirit of Christ in a Christian, that's why they're called Christians, because Christ comes in and lives his life through them. They're led by the Spirit of God. That law and the prophets were until John. Now, if you... Uh Somebody might say, Brother Jeff, if you could show me in the New Testament where Jesus himself said, I'll send you prophets in the New Testament, then I might believe that God would send major prophets, prophets. I understand he has teachers and evangelists and pastors. I realize it does say and prophets and apostles. So I guess if we're going to have teachers, evangelists, and pastors and apostles, then God also is going to send prophets. But did Jesus highlight Prophets, and he, he surely did. And let me read it to you so that you can see it in your Bible. I want you to look in your Bible. It's Matthew chapter 23, verse 29 through 34. And we're going to read that to you, and I want you to see it in your Bible. You can see it on the screen as well. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous, and say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. In other words, we wouldn't have killed the prophets if we were back then. Jesus said, Wherefore be witnesses unto yourselves that you are the children of them that killed the prophets. The very same nature that was in them is still in you. He goes on to say, Fill you up then the measure of your fathers. You serpents, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? How can you escape the wrath of God? And he goes on to say, and I'm going to read it to you, 
Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets. Jesus said, Wherefore, behold, I send. Futuristic. I'm going to send. I send unto you prophets. I'm going to send you wise men. I'm going to send you scribes. Those are teachers. And some of them you will kill and you will crucify. And some of them you will scourge in your churches, your synagogues, and persecute them from city to city. Jesus said, I'm going to send you prophets. Why? Prophets correct us when we get in error. Show me one prophet that ever patted the people on the back and said, hey, you're doing a good job. Prophets are sent to correct error. Now, interestingly enough, the Pharisees could look back and say, if we were back then, we would have embraced those prophets. But they were missing the God prophet that was standing before them. That's human nature. Did you know that today, look at some reformers. Today, history smiles upon Martin Luther. But think about Martin Luther in his day. Hoo-wee, was he ever persecuted? History smiles upon John Wesley. But think about John Wesley in his day. Mm -hmm. He was persecuted. But today, history smiles upon those men and says those were good men preaching God's word. But back then, they had to run for their lives many times. Many times they, were, they had death threats against them. See, God's men stir the people up. Why do they get stirred up? Why do the churches get stirred up? The churches are being stirred up. Church leaders are being stirred up. Why is that? Because they're bringing something new that contradicts tradition. That's how it works. Now we smile upon Wesley and Luther. We smile upon their ministries and we say, they did a good thing in the Reformation. The church got cleaned up. So many wonderful things. But God didn't stop with Martin. God didn't stop with John Wesley. God's still moving on today. And he sends, particularly in this last day, he's promised to send a major prophet. And it's a beautiful thing. So he says here, he says here, you, you will, I'm going to send you prophets and you will kill them, crucify them. But today perhaps we are more civilized and we won't crucify them or kill them, but we'll crucify their influence will kill their ability to help us, will kill their influence. And, and that is how it works in our civilized society. A genuine prophet is sent with a pillar of fire ministry, with signs, wonders, and miracles, with discernment of the thoughts and intents of the heart, with the ability to know so much about mankind, with an angel accompanying their ministry, and somehow they'll be able to say about that prophet, he went off in the end. Interestingly enough, they never when the prophet's alive, when, for instance, take William Branham, when he was alive, nobody came against him. Nobody voiced an opinion. It wasn't until after he died that they were bold enough <laughs> to speak about this major prophet, a great prophet in our day. Now, Bef can I yeah, go ahead, again. please. Bef before we get too far down the line, you talked about the three persons with a pillar of fire accompanying their ministry. Right. I think there's another unique uh, fact that goes, goes with that. Yeah. Moses, with the pillar of fire ministry, brought the Old Testament word, most of it, the law, to the people. Right. Paul, with a New Testament ministry and a pillar of fire ministry, brought the word mostly in the New Testament. Right. And then William Branham, at the end, with a pillar of fire ministry, is here to take us back to that word. Beautiful. So each of those with a pillar of fire ministry have, have a direct relationship to the word of God. Yeah. And so... Brother Branham, in his ministry, part of, part of the scripture he fulfilled. I emphasize only part. Many scriptures were fulfilled in that ministry in this last day. But one of them was 
Malachi 4, 5 and 6, Behold, I send unto you Elijah the prophet yeah. before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Now, there's just before the tribulation, before the wrath of God, I'm going to send Elijah the prophet and, and the part of the scripture that refers to him, he's going to turn our hearts back to the fathers, back, back to the faith of the apostolic fathers. So, so that, that turning back, so that pillar of fire ministry accompanies those who are trying to bring the people to the word. Mm -hmm. Moses was rejected by the people. Paul was rejected by the system of the day, the Jewish church, and William Branham was rejected by the denominationals of the system to the day, all for the same reason, try, trying to keep the people with the word and they just didn't want to hear it. No. And so today they didn't perhaps nail the man to a cross or drag him through the streets but they tried to crucify his influence. Mm -hmm. They tried to uh, assassinate his character. Now, you say, Brother Jeff, are you an adherent, a follower of Moses? Of course I am. Are you an adherent and a follower of Martin Luther? You bet. I believed in just or saved by faith. Are you an adherent and follower of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. Are you an adherent and follower of John Wesley? I sure am. Because these men brought more light to the word and made it alive. Through the dark ages, so much truth was lost and so much superstition and, and, and so much ignorance and 75% illiteracy, nobody had a Bible. But with John Wycliffe and with John Huss and with uh, Tyndale and with Martin Luther, we began to finally get the Bible in print and then John Gutenberg print, uh, had the printing press and so many wonderful things took place within the last 500 years. The Word is exploding. God's Word is being revealed. And for you to lay back in some old formal teaching, don't do that. Your Bible is alive today, not something that's 2,000 years old. This, this Bible is not just a book of history. Jesus is doing things today in our generation. He's sending prophets today. He's sending men of God, wise men, as Jesus said. I will send you scribes. I will send you wise men, and I will send you prophets. And he's doing that. Now, Here's the next question, and we're not going to be able to hardly get into this subject matter, but at least we can get started. And that is, is that, and here's the question, are these signs and wonders that false prophets, are these signs and wonders from God or from Satan? Are those signs and wonders from God or from Satan? And the answer is, is that a prophet is born, a lot of times they're born prophets. Therefore, the sign and the wonder is from God. And, and, and it's a genuine gift from God, but the man can go off. Balaam is an example. Zedekiah is another example. Here's a man, Micah, a genuine prophet of God. And Micah prophesies and says, this is going to happen to Israel. And if they try to go to battle today, they're going to lose miserably. Zedekiah rises up, smites Micah in the face and, and prophesies against him and said, God's going to bless this country. God's going to give us back our land. It all sounded so good. Everybody was shouting and excited. But we find out that there was God in heaven was saying, how can I make the, the words of the prophet Elijah come to pass concerning Jezebel and Ahab and concerning the scriptures, concerning the things that had been prophesied? And a lying spirit rose up and said, I'll go in among all those false prophets down there and I'll speak a lie, and the people, they'll believe it because they want to hear it because they got itching ears. And so the Lord said, go, you'll be successful. I want you to notice that God sent a lying spirit among a genuine gift. God sent a lying spirit to do what? Prove the people to see whether they'll follow the genuine or the false. That's a principle of God in the Old Testament. God doesn't change. God's the same God of the Old Testament as God of the New. He does the same thing in our day. 
He has these same, these same principles. What, you say, Brother Jeff, what a, what a Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal. Does God really care? Does he really care how we believe or what we believe? The answer is yes. You need to be on your knees. You need to be praying. So Micah says, he said, Zedekiah said, put him in prison. Give him bread of sorrow and water of sorrow. And when I return, we'll deal with that false prophet. And Micah said, if you return at all, God never spoke to me. So the true prophet said, you're not even going to return, which, which happened. Did Zedekiah and all of his false prophets prevail? No. Micah, the true prophet, was right, and the other prophets were wrong. That's another thing about that Jesus said in the last days, false prophets. You'll notice that they all follow under the same category. They all are lovers of what people want. They all pander to people. They fall into the problem with money, money schemes, popularity. Some fall into sin with women. A true prophet, singular, won't do that. His life, his soul, his heart revolves around a love for God, and he speaks, thus saith the Lord, and he has no interest in popularity or following the trends of a society. Zedekiah said, just say what the rest of us are saying, Micah, and we'll accept you. <laughs> Not a true prophet, Micah wouldn't do it. You, you mentioned money, women, and popularity as the three things that uh, cause, a, cause a ministry to fail. And so we look, at, we look in the scripture at Balaam, who had a gift. His prophecies are still coming to pass today. And yet he sold his gift to King, to King uh, uh, Balak right. for, to uh, get for prestige. So he sold, sold for money. Think of it. And then we look at God's servant, uh, Samson, and he fell to women. And then popularity, King Saul disobeyed the word of God. And he said, because of the people, he did it. He wanted to be popular. My. So that's where we get it. Money, women, popularity are the three great, great powers that cause a man of God, God to fall. God help us that we fall to none of them. We're running close on time, Jeff. You want to wind it up? We want to be followers of the light, walking in the light as Jesus is in that light. That's what we want to do. So you say, Brother Jeff, is God doing something today in our day? And the answer, of course, is yes. And we'll love to send you more information. So there's going to be an address, of course, that you can write to. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're barely, barely being beginning. We're barely getting started. If you have any questions, any questions on your heart, please notify us, write us, and you can email us as well. Mm -hmm. God bless you. We'll see you next week. The 1953 clip you're about to see is the spirit of the resurrected Jesus Christ working through his prophet, William Branham, the sign of the Messiah, Luke 1730, in fulfillment, the revealing of the Son of Man. You're from away from here. You come from another city. You've got a lot of trouble on your heart. You got hard trouble to begin with. Is that right? There's a whole lot of blackness. I see a black sheep keep following you like that. Oh, it's a lie. Somebody stole a lie on you. And that was a man was professing divine healing. Yes, sir. He said you was a witch. Is that true? And you've got a whole stir in your church or something other about it. Isn't that right? Your pastor's sitting right now. He's got polio. Is that right? Sister, don't pay no attention to what them people tell you. They're a lie. And the only thing's wrong with your heart is that nervous condition got your heart worked up. Go on home in peace and God bless you. You're all right. God bless you. You're not a witch.
To receive 20th Century Prophet, a DVD with more of this footage you've just viewed, or for a copy of today's program entitled Identifying a True Prophet, write to the address on your screen or visit our website at global